Live your life, boy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Conspiracy Farm, where we don't start the conspiracies, we just add the water. And now, your host of the most state-of-the-art, most informed podcast on the interweb, I present to you, Pat Militage and Jeffrey Wilson. Ladies and gentlemen, are you ready for Yeah, rear naked choke of Cocker Spaniel, bro. You know what I'm saying? Change the neighborhood up. Conspiracy Farm. Go. Check it out. We are off, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, I was always riding shotgun with my partner in crime. You are the Hall of Famer, the year of our Lord, 2023. Merry New Year, everyone. Pat Millichich, how are we doing today, bro? Your Irish accent is amazing, by the way. We're just I'm having some well. fun, man. Just... I'm doing well. Yeah, you... I'm doing well. We have, we're, we're lucky to have a uh, a Yoda, so to speak, of constitutional rights on the show today. Very right? much so, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, I, I've the correct term, Pat, so much is love constitutionally the... protected rights. It's a very detailed nuance rights don't come from the constitution they come from our creator the constitution Fair. only yep. protects the rights it's critical sorry to correct thank you, you on that, that. but if, if people that. get that we'd, we'd have a much that's, freer that's quite right yes do you remember remember when senator harkin from iowa when they passed obamacare he said we've now given all the americans the right to health care remember that i do ah. Like, really? You yeah. just gave us a right? Like, that's how that works? No, that's not how it works, Senator Hart. See, no this is how... No this, man can take away or give rights. Go ahead. This is how voracious our guest is. He is so disputing, <laughs> just busting at the guts to spew the truth. He doesn't even let me introduce him. <laughs> when we first... When we were doing the podcast, our previous podcast, The Conspiracy Farm, Todd is one of the few people, and I, I it resonated with me, and he was, it wasn't a knock on us or an admonishment of what we were talking about because we were bringing attention to it, a lot of things. But Todd was one of the first people to say like, all right, we've diagnosed the problem. What are the solutions? We have to start talking about the solutions. And he is so boots on the ground. I mean, nuts I mean, nuts and bolts, man. And really in, into the constitution and our rights, our human rights, our, our legal rights, our absolute rights. And we're going to get very, very deep into it because he's following a few cases which are, are, are potentially very impactful as it relates to um, well, but particularly, we're going to focus on one in Iowa relating to, uh, to a gentleman who wasn't able to be prescribed uh, what his doctor had prescribed him as related to a treatment to to COVID. He runs the River City Reader down there in Davenport, Iowa, um, and one of the last few physical periodicals out there. But he's been killing it. He's been killing it for so long. Uh, Todd McGreevy, what is up, brother? Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Um, uh, we published the River Cities Reader newspaper in the Quad Cities, Iowa, uh, Illinois area. We have for 30 years. Uh, we just celebrated our 30th anniversary. Um, we were monthly in print. Uh, now we're online every day with new content. We're at rcreader.com. And recently, I want to share my screen here real quick. Bring this up for everybody. Let's see if it works. Uh, can you see the reader site now? Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, there's a, there's the news release. Um, that was issued in uh, Iowa doctor and former Senator accuses boards of unlawfully endangering Iowans and Senator David Hartsuch. David is a former state Senator. Uh, he served in the a state Senate in Iowa for a term, a uh, really smart guy. I, Pat, have you ever met Hartsuch? I can't remember if you have or not. Oh yeah. I've known him for years. He actually took karate from me years ago. Yes. Excellent. Yeah. He's really bright. He's a really bright guy. Um, yeah. And so the, the summary of this is that uh, he prescribed ivermectin to one of his patients up in Cedar Rapids, and the patient went to the pharmacy, and the pharmacy said, "No, we're not going to uh, pro- we're not going to provide that to you." And that that patient proceeded to 
file a formal complaint with the board of pharmacy to and, and brought that particular pharmacist to bear as on, on their complaint. Iowa law says that, that you can't uh, uh, question the uh, uh, usage of the prescription. You, uh, you, you, you know, you can't say like, oh, I don't, I don't like the diagnosis. I don't know. I, I'm, 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 that's the doctor's job to worry about your state of your disease and what, what is required for you. And the pharmacist is not allowed to do that. So that, that, that was a no, no. And this, this patient filed a complaint two weeks later after the investigation in the pharmacy and the pharmacist uh, occurred, they dropped it. The, the board of pharmacy dropped that complaint, but then the board of medicine, which is closely related to the board of pharmacy. And they both report to the department department of um, health and human services uh, as, under the executive branch in Iowa, who's governed by the governor. Um, the board of the med- medical board opened up a nine month investigation into David Hartsuch. And uh, there was there was a uh, there was about 17 other uh, 16 other doctors that were investigated as well. Well, they they dropped their investigation recently with Hartsuch. And after they dropped their investigation with him, he filed this lawsuit. And um, he's uh, you can as we scroll down here, you can say you can see here that. Uh, Hart says, says that patients rely upon state boards to protect their health. Instead, these heavyweights have tag team patients with a simultaneous body slam. The Board of Medicine silenced doctors while the Board of Pharmacy prevented patients from receiving early life-saving treatment. For over two years, they've assaulted patients and people have died. I hope that this lawsuit will shed light on the process and bring the action of the boards into conformance with Iowa law. Governor Reynolds needs to intervene. Patients need relief. So he is seeking enforcement of the law rather than monetary damages. Todd, if I may ask real quick, did they ever give a reason why they weren't filling these prescriptions? Uh, the let me jump over to a different document here real quick. Um, the uh, complaint reads that it was because um, it was not FDA approved. Meanwhile, there's Partic- particularly story. ivermectin. Yeah, but yet, but yet, but yet, there's documents that prove the NIH and World Health Organization and CDC um, say ivermectin is a great antiparasitic. Correct? Yes. Yes. And right. but, but more importantly, um, and I'm going to do a new screen share here, real quick. Here, here we go. So this is the actual complaint, and the names have been redacted, if you will. Um, all this is being adjudicated. And right here, you can see the quote. I, it isn't an FDA approved dose. And what Hartsuch told me was that he, when he caught con- in the re by the way, there's a, there, this is a little bit of a windy story, guys. My apologies for the shaggy dog way to get to all this. No, I'm sure. Uncomplicated, but uh, the uh, part of the, part of the reason that he was investigated is because David, the, the doctor called the pharmacist after the prescription, the pharmacist wouldn't uh, prescribe. And, Part of that discussion with the pharmacist was uh, you, you're, you're claiming that this dose isn't approved. And what do you what do you think the dose should be then? Do you have and then they didn't know they were just they were trying to use it as an excuse. And he's like, you guys don't even know what you're talking about. You need to not the drug it. itself, but the dosage right. was the, right. the conflict. The, the, well, therein lies the details. Right. Was it either or is it both? You know, it's 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 a bunch of it's a bunch of you know weasel words is what it is. Yeah. And you should also understand that there's. In 2020, um, the Board of Pharmacy issued an edict to all of the doctors that said that they should not prescribe hydrochloroquine or ivermectin. David petitioned that board um, with a written document and you know, followed up and, and harangued them and said, no, you guys are wrong. Here's scientific evidence of why. And they did reverse their recommendation. 
And there was a joint statement issued by the Board of Medicine and the Board of Pharmacy to David that said, hey, we're, you're right. We're going to reverse this. You can, you can prescribe. And David said, hey, great. But you need to issue that same warning that you issued that said, don't do it to all of the doctors in Iowa. You need to tell, issue this same joint statement. And they refused to do that. So they only notified one guy, the petitioner. They didn't notify the rest of the state. And that was the or other problem. Or the, or the pharmacies. Right, exactly. And, and so Dave would have to, as, as he went and, and you know, would uh, uh, prescribe these life-saving early treatment drugs that are safe, effective, cheap, proven for 40 years um, for all kinds of people uh, with all kinds of conditions, um, he'd have to say, Hey, I've got this letter, the joint statement that says, no, that they were wrong. They're, they're allowing us to prescribe and, and you guys to fulfill these prescriptions. And so we had to, you know, do it by, you know, by the drink, you know, if you will, each time. And, uh, and so that was one of the things that, you know, put that, put him on their radar was him, you know, having them reverse that. So there's a couple things that work here. One, he already got them. David already got the boards to say, no, you're right. We can prescribe ivervectin and hydrochloroquine. Then when one of them didn't and, and was taken a task about it, they started investigating David uh, for nine months for, you know, know, for calling the pharmacist and having, you know, an issue with him or whatever. And then they dropped it. So, well, in your most humblest opinion, why, why, why would they be so resistant on people being prescribed something that works and why the spin on the whole, it's a horse pill or whatever. I mean, it works and it's worked for a long time. The guy who invented it got the Nobel peace prize. I mean, it's why why the resistance to ivermectin, particularly ivermectin, but, hydrochloroquine something that works we know works Pat, you're probably better at answering the why question than i am i think we i think we know i mean if we go to the foundation of the ama the american medical association sitting on a board several years ago probably four years ago for oxycontin um deaths and everything else going on in communities around the country a doctor sitting next to me explained that the American Medical Association, who approves hospitals and allows them to stay in business, basically says, if you don't prescribe enough of these painkillers per year, we will close your doors. We will yank your license to be able to stay open as a facility. So the foundation of, and I think a lot of people are waking up to the fact that Um, the pharmaceutical industry and the American Medical Association, everything, the entire foundation of modern medicine is so corrupt and and, uh, so damaging to human health that uh, it's it's unimaginable, actually. Yeah. Uh, In fact, that's interesting you'd say it that way because uh, I'm going to bring this thing up here real quick. And in full disclosure, David Hartsuch is a friend of mine. All right. I mean, and he's also written articles in the River Cities Reader, our newspaper. And he wrote one um, recently uh, in November called, can you guys see this? The things we yeah. think about, don't say, the future of our business. And he, uh, he, he talks about how the Jerry Maguire movie, do you guys remember that scene where Oh yeah, um, the football Which play, movie? Which Jerry, one? Sorry. Uh, Jerry Maguire. Oh, yes. The scene where uh, the, the football players in the in the hospital, he's got like his fourth concussion, you know, and he's going to be okay. He can get back on the field eventually. And the kid says, gosh, Jerry, when is somebody going to tell him to quit playing? He's going to kill himself. And 
he just that was the pivotal moment for the Jerry Maguire character. And he started writing a manifesto about how he has to change the way he does things with his industry. And David likens mm-hmm. that to what has to happen in the health industry, in the medical business with hospitals and so forth. And he and he talks about um, uh, his mentor was Dr. Walter Bradley, um, giant of a man who's rose, rose from hum- humble beginnings, completed medical school, earned an MBA became emergency room he was the emergency room director locally at, at local hospitals here uh guys for decades he was well loved by you know uh there he is right there he died in 2020 he was the reason david even moved to the quad cities david was from chicago and he thought you know he he was just gonna he d- took this interview just on a whim he goes we're not gonna move to the quad cities but i'll go ahead and try it out just to practice interviewing and he liked this guy so much he liked this guy's um approach to medicine so well that's why he moved here and he's a well-loved uh, guy in the in the uh, medical community but what david writes about in this article in the reader is walter said what i want more than anything in our er physicians that will bring faith hope and light to the patients this was a relational objective rather than a financial one until then i had i meaning david had only had interviews with monolithic er directors whose sole objective was transactional more RVUs. I'd never heard this before. RVUs, relative value unit, is a value assigned to every medical transaction coded as a CPT code, current procedural terminology. Currently, Medicare reimburses about $34.61 per RVU in 22, down from $34.89 in 21. It is a common misconception that ER bill is calculated based on time in the ER. In reality, the bill is a collection of CPT coded actions which management makes sure are all properly documented to maximize reimbursement. The average ER bill is about 63.56 RVUs or $2,200. Wow. So, it, yeah. So it's like somebody are talking about war is, a, war is a racket. It's it's a racket. I mean, it's it's all about. It's, it's a total racket. Man. Total racket. Well, and, and you look at, you know, what is the top three, top five, top five killer of people is is treatment from allopathic or just medicine from doctors yeah. etc it's one of the top killers the goes, I mean, that's so disturbing it, it's, it's the it's so of the medical industry exactly exactly yeah. and yeah. then this goes back to what we've been talking about forever pat with like we eat the food we get sick then we jump into the pharmaceutical in- industry's hands it's a revolving door of just like getting us sick giving us medicine that supposedly makes us better but keeps us sick and I mean, it's it's crazy, man. This is, in my opinion, we've talked about this. And I will just say it. it's like the eugenicists hate us all. And this is how they kill us through chemicals, biological and just poisonous. It's absolutely insane. And there's a lot of doctors that are aware of this and continue to do it. Oh, yeah. Because they're making so much freaking money, man. And this is I mean, yeah, man, I don't know. What's the solution? What's the status of this case now, Todd? It just got filed. Uh, I, I think it's moving through the courts as as we speak here. You know, well, not today's a holiday for the government, but um, I want to bring up this. Can you see the screen here? Uh, line 23. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So he, he, he alleges in this, in this lawsuit that the, when they, when they ended their, their investigation of him as a board of medicine, they gave him a warning letter. And the warning letter also included that he had to, um, Issue, he had to issue this warning letter and show it to any future employers. He had to, um, if he wanted to go for any more credentials or um, like to work in another state or anything like that, he had to show this warning letter. That was his admonishment. That was his punishment effectively after this investigation, which, by the way, did not involve any due process. They didn't contact him. They didn't give him any you know, hearing or anything like that. They just had him under investigation. And, uh, and he's claiming that that is a punishment against him. 
And it is, he says, this investigation was ultra virus due to lack of predicate contained within Iowa law. And then it has a chilling effect on the rights of the plaintiff, that'd be the doctor and his patients to free speech and to petition for the redress of grievances. And I want to bring that up because it's a key topic with regards to how people can uh, effectively hold government accountable. You mentioned earlier, Jeffrey, a lot of people do a really good job of complaining about the problems and talking about them and covering them and deconstructing the problems. But what are you doing to fix it? And there are six rights in the First Amendment that are protected uh, that we all have inalienably. And one of the six rights is the petition for redress of grievances. And all the other, the other uh, five of them have all been adjudicated over famous cases over the years, freedom of press, freedom of speech, freedom of assembly. You know, they've, they've all had their day in court, so to speak, and had an adjudication of what it means. The petition for redress of grievances has never been adjudicated because it is ultimately, in our view, the, uh, the one that is the most effective. And I was talking to David just the other day, and he was researching petition for redress of grievances, and it goes all the way back to Magna Carta. And it was actually one of the first uh, uh, rights that was uh, agreed upon. And it was agreed upon because it was a way to, to ensure that there wasn't violence, that they didn't just go kill the king every time there was a grievance. You know, <laughs> bring your petition forward. Oh, gosh, you were violated over there. Yes, one of my soldiers stole your sheep. Gosh, let me, re- let me get you, you know, compensation yes. rather than you go kill the soldier. You know, that's what the petition for redress of grievance was about. And it was ensconced in the Magna Carta and it was brought all the way forward. But in, um, in American history, it has not been adjudicated. And I've been heavily involved years ago with We the People Foundation and Bob Schultz, which you guys may have recognized him. Uh, and uh, he was in that movie, uh, Freedom of Fascism. He was the one that held the... Uh, the first hearings on and that C-SPAN covered about the IRS and had the IRS whistleblowers and so forth. Bob is, is, has stirred the pot as hard as anybody I know <laughs> to try and actually uh, do something to hold government accountable. He's filed lawsuit after lawsuit at the Supreme Court over violations, everything from the illegal bailout of the Mexican peso of $40 billion, which many people don't even know happened, to the Patriot Act. Uh, to the illegal bombing of Kosovo. He's tried it all. And with each step, they've said to him, uh, and he's he's done always on the, the premise of petition for redress of grievances. And with each step, they've said to him, no standing. Um, and And when you actually, like the Patriot Act, they literally said, the court said to him, guess what? You know what? The Patriot Act is, it's kind of violates Max. Yeah, it's pretty heinous. <laughs> but you know what? Your harm is no different than everybody else's harm. Everybody's been harmed equally. That is literally what courts have said leading up to, to, to the appeals process. And that is, that is what's happening right now. And I was, uh, uh, Kathleen, who, who's my wife and, and you know, co-publishes a paper with me, the editor, she, we were talking about this yesterday. And she said, you know, that whole um, um, standing doctrine and the whole thing about your harm isn't any greater than anybody else's harm. That was a section, the standing doctrine. There's a whole um, um, stud, a body of study about this and how it's not really, it's, it's a court construct is what I'm trying to say in a long way. It's, it's an administrative thing that's been born out of the courts over the years. It's not anywhere in the Constitution about standing. And it's, it's, a, it's a, uh, a lever, a crutch that the, that the courts use because I guess that they can, they can almost arbitrarily utilize it has no standing. It has no standing, well, even though you can get into legally, constitutionally why it does have standing. Once they say X, Y, Z as it related to having no standing, that's what it becomes. Well, and it just stays there. And I mean, you can redress and appeal and appeal, but they always, they always do that. 
It means if we harm enough of you at once and violate enough of all of your rights at once, then everybody's equally harmed, then you don't have any standing. That's such a bullshit That's what's going on. That's actually so, what's happening. So what if you were to file the, the case on behalf of all U.S. citizens? Uh, well, Is there that, a way to do that? That's why I'm asking. I think many people have indirectly done that when they say I'm harmed, you know, like, so let's, let's jump over to the next discussion because that's this Brunson case, uh, which is new to me in the last couple of weeks. Um, I understand uh, our mutual friend, Jason Burmas featured it uh, on red voice media this morning on his show um, reality rants. I have not watched it yet. I think he um, took it to task. Like many people have as hopium as, you know, a, um, uh, uh, QAnon type thing, if you will. This, let's jump over here. Let's go to this. Well, uh, if you can explain briefly for people who don't know, like, yeah, explain gonna, the Brunson case, if you don't mind. Yep. yep. Here's uh, Raylan Brunson. Uh, here's the filing in June of 2021 <laughs> out of Utah. Um, is and, and these are all the, uh, starting with alphabetical order, Alma Adams. So when you see it in uh, online, it's where they'll say Brunson v. Adams, if you will. But these these are 200 and, or 388 Congress people that on on January 6th, uh, voted not to investigate the allegations of fraud uh, in, uh, of the elections. All right. And this is leading, this is leading up to, you know, when they, you know, uh, counted the electoral college votes. And he's saying that um, he's alleging that because they, 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 uh, they violated their oath of office to, to um, uh, hold on one second here. To, to certify. No, to their certify. oath of office to uh, defend, um, uh, against all enemies, defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic, and okay. that the 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 unless they investigated the there's a hundred plus uh, uh, congressmen and senators that said no, we think there's a problem, and it was you know done formally in the congressional record. There's a problem with this. Before you vote, we need to investigate this stuff, and then it was ignored by these 388, and they moved on and and, and approved the electoral college. And this, this no standing, Todd. No, well, standing. no, th- no. This assertion is in this, in this lawsuit is that, um, and I, I'm trying to jump around here a little bit, but here it is. I do solemnly swear that I will support and defend the Constitution against all enemies, foreign and domestic. And uh, he said that they took this uh, this oath, um, and he's saying that this is that the 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 rigging of the election, the theft of the election, is an act of war. Is what this allegation is. This this lawsuit. Is yes. And that by, that's what I was reading. And by by not investigating these allegations of the rigged election, you are aiding and abetting the enemy in the war, and therefore you have committed treason. All right. Mm. And it sounds you know kind of patriot nut job, if you will. But frankly, I I, I like it. I think it's it has plausible sense to me. It's I think it's spot on. You know, um, and there's I uh, I'm going to jump over here real quick. Um, there's U.S. Code. And it is right here, 18 code, U.S. Code 2381, treason. Whoever owing allegiance to the United States levies war against them or adheres to their enemies, giving them aid and comfort in the United States or elsewhere, is guilty of treason and shall suffer death or shall be imprisoned not less than five years and fined under this title. But Pretty stiff penalty. Pretty stiff penalty. And shall be incapable of holding any office under the United States. So what these, this Brunson case is alleging is, you, the Supreme Court can adjudicate this on their own 
and say, yes, this, we find these facts to be true. These two, 388 people committed treason. And just, we, we declare that they're unfit and incapable of holding office under, uh, under United States code. Todd, is this not what the January 6th committee is maybe not using this particular code, but it, isn't this essentially what they've said about Donald Trump that he yes. aided and abetted? And, good point. Yeah. Very good point. Yes. They're, they're exactly. flipping the script. It's like the ultimate gaslight. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And so, uh, uh, this is going to be heard in conference on January 6th this week. And conference is, it, it, I mean, it's, it's kind of a big deal. Corey, our, our mutual friend, you know, had a case that was conferenced and, and that was kind of a big deal as a pro se litigant. And, and it got declined because he was technically had a couple errors, which he, he wanted, he's trying to correct. Um, and conference means if four of the nine justices say, yes, we want to move forward with this and bring it to a hearing, then it can move forward. And it gives everybody a chance to at least get, you know, their, their day in court, if you will. But if yeah, so yeah. the people that are that are say the Brunsons are grifters and this is Hopium and it's QAnon nonsense are saying this is just a it's going to just get dismissed. It's not even going to this is just a waste of everybody's time. That's what their, their claim is. And well, he, primarily because they claim he, that even, the, even the case might have merit. Do you see that happening? Do you see it? be? I mean, clearly the case has merit, but it's like as we've seen, like anything else, the judicial system has been so co-opted and taken over and weaponized. Do you see them just di- di- dismissing this similar to no standing, even though it has well, standing and merit? The, appeal, the appeals court up up the ladder as it got to this stage used the old, you don't have any standing and your harm is no greater than anybody else's harm. So the, it's the old saw has already been brought out. You know, it's it's always there. And uh, so I, I don't know, my, my take on it is, what harm is it to see what happens? Why, why start shredding this thing, you know, and, and, and claiming it's going to, you know, what harm is it doing? You know, is it, 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 if you don't like it, turn it off, you know, it, don't listen to it. I, I don't understand the, the hate. But I, it, it's just one know. of those things. It, it's almost like not to be random, but to going back to like the Kennedy stuff. I mean, that was, that was protected from the top down from freaking Earl Warren down. The moment you even start investigating, giving any credence to any of this, the possibility that there was more than one shoe. Right. Or the possibility that this election, a, a presidential election was rigged and stolen. It just it, it's just bad for business. So they just got to shut it down. Yeah, I, I uh, hope I mean, I hope what, what is the status of this case right now? It's going to get heard in conference on Friday. You know, so it, it may or may not, you know, make it to the to, <clears throat> excuse me, the next stage. But I, I like their thinking and it, it and they anyway. So this harkens back to January 6th, which um, can you see this on the screen here? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yeah. All right. So this is a year ago, Pat. You were kind enough to participate in in, in our uh, issue. One year later, I was, but but let me point out that I was way down the hill at the street. No, no. I, you, <laughs> wait, uh, you you were kind of participate in our uh, coverage of this because you were there January 6th. Yes. Right. Right. Yes. And th- so I'm going to hold. This is this is our issue from a year ago. All right. We did one year later. All right. And what we did was say in their own words. And there were five people that we uh, posed questions to that uh, were there. And we're like, rather than just be this armchair quarterback, I wasn't there. Let's talk to people who were there. And, you know, the people that we interviewed or asked to respond was Clyde Cleveland. He wrote um, Restoring the Heart of America, Common Sense Revisited. He ran as a libertarian candidate for governor in 2002 in, in uh, Iowa. Very, very credible guy. Corey Ibe, um, you know, uh, small business owner, um, friend of ours, California native. We did a Gender 31 uh, podcast together. He was there. Jason Burmis, you know, who should go without, you know, explaining how <laughs> on top of things he is, the great filmmaker, um, friend of Red Voice Media. He was there. Pat Militich, you were there. And Sarah Ford, 
who I think you guys have met before. She's a local yep. uh, Illinois resident here, uh, former lefty daily paper reporter who's woken up and read the Constitution. She was there. So, I mean, we have a, quite a wide view of things. And we asked all these questions. What motivated you to go there? What was the, what was uh, the particular rally or speaker event you wanted to attend? You know, what message did you want to send and why were you there? Where do you spend most of your time? How many est- people do you think were there? How would you describe the atmosphere? Um, you know, I, I was just rereading this again. Corey was explaining yeah. how uh, that people were friendly and polite. The mayor of D.C. had ordered bathroom facilities closed and banned selling food to people staying in D.C. for less than a week. He saw people sharing food and water. There was no supplies for people. There were far few trash cans provided, and the few that the city did provide were quickly filled. People were very conscientious and placed trash near the cans in one location. That This is where I saw what appeared to be a news producer kicking trash that had been stacked neatly so it would look more dramatic for the video. You know, that kind of stuff is going on. Right. Um, you know, so anyway, there's, there's Corey. I mean, you know, the populist, the, the mainstream media is not mm-hmm. showing you this right here. You know, blacks for Trump, 2020.com. As you know, it's all about controlling of the narrative. So what I, the reason I'm even bringing this up is, I mean, there's myths and there's facts and, and the, the mythology that has, has, has carried on for so long. Um, it, did you guys see the, um, the, the, the gold medals of honor that they gave the Capitol police? Did you see all that? I didn't. Did you even know that Pat? I heard no, about I it, but I didn't see I it. Had, I had no idea. There was a whole, it was like three weeks ago, and it was presided over by Pelosi, and there was this huge pomp and circumstance, and they gave all these Capitol Police guys medals of honor. Well, I mean, actually, they should win medals for doing a hill sprint as soon as they opened the barricades and the crowd started going up the hill. All the police surrounding uh, the property sprinted up the hill um, towards the Capitol at breakneck speed. So they all should get a medal for running. <laughs> and, and then, of course, there was the whole um, putting the, uh, the, the one Capitol police officer who died after the event with, uh, with, because of uh, health issues, nothing to do with the event. Right. And, and to make him as a casualty of that particular event, that, that is some of the most and, and, and having him lie in it's so gross. It's in the gross. It's heinous. it's heinous. You guys knew about that, right? What about is it? What? The, the, the Capitol police officer who they lauded as, you know, he died in a battle and so forth, which is completely untrue. Yeah. Died right. the next day. They, they had his body in state in the rotunda. Of course. I mean, <laughs> I'm not kidding you. Bread and circus, brother. You know what this is. You know what this is. You know what it is. And it, it's, it, it's, it is the biggest psyop you can possibly. Yes. Because when you look at these pictures, guys. Like that right there. And Pat, you were there. You estimated yeah. there was at least half a million people there, if not more. Yeah. There was, I think, way more. Right. So when this, in our view, and this is what we're going to write about in this coming issue of The Reader, is this is the ultimate petition for redress of grievances right here. You're at the doorstep. You're there during an important vote for the Electoral College. You want to make sure the investigation is, is, is taken seriously to look at the allegations around doing. So you peacefully show up and petition for redress. That's what these people are doing. Now, yes, there's some bad actors who did some stupid shit, and we can right. go down the rabbit hole of the Ray Epps and the instigators and all that, and I'm yes. 100% sure there was instigators. Duh. Of, Give me of a course, break. yes, exactly. But let's do of some quick math, everybody. If you go to americangulag.org, have you guys seen this website? No. 
This is run by it, um, yeah. uh, oh shoot, oh, I'll think we here in a second. Um, anyway, you can search this whole site by uh, arrest map. You can go to what's go to state, click on Iowa. Here's the people that were arrested. You click on their name. It shows what they're arrested for, when they're arrested, wow. as their charges, their case status, all kinds of information. It's fascinating. Wow. Yeah, wow. this is incredible. Um, wow, that's and, crazy. that's crazy, dude. So, uh, if you let's just pick a number. Some people say there's 700, 800 people arrested. Let's say there's a thousand people arrested. Just pick a round number. A thousand people arrested that were, you know, insurrectionists. All right. If there were a hundred thousand people there, which I think even the most you know heinous Trump haters of the world would say, yeah, there's about 100,000 people, at least 100,000 people on January 6th, even though there was probably a million, all right? But let's just say 100,000. And 1,000 people got arrested and all 1,000 of them, all of them were guilty of some kind of felony or misdemeanor and act of violence or something like that. You know, walking dutifully between the ropes in the Capitol so you could right, try right. and get to the bathroom because they didn't put any bathrooms out there. I wouldn't call it yeah. crime. Let's call those people criminals too. 1,000 of them, all right? 100,000 people, 1% bad actors 99 percent of them petitioning for redress of grievances now if there's a million people there it's one-tenth of one percent bad actors and a million people petitioning for redress this is the thing that the that the government does not want anybody to ever do again do not come to our doorstep and do not petition for redress of grievances like this ever again that's why they did this bullshit psyop like they did because this was the ultimate petition for redress of grievances about the biggest mm. fraud perpetuated in america ever and that is that stolen election from a guy who mob uh, who campaigned from his basement insanity the most the oh, most no, popular no most voted for president ever so thank you pat for peacefully petitioning for redress of grievances i mean very few <laughs> very few people do that I have. I've gone to the state capitol in Iowa in 2009. We we delivered the Articles of Freedom to every single um, uh, state senator, state rep. Uh, I personally handed it, it to the uh, aides at uh, uh, Senator. Um, oh, what's the guy's name that just resigned? That just stepped down. Uh, well, it's Harkins. Harkins' office. Yeah, and to Grassley's office, and we gave him a list of instructions on how to remediate, remediate uh, and and fix the the violations of the Constitution. But it didn't go anywhere. You know, because there weren't enough people doing it. When this type of people show up, something might happen. And so they had to goose it. They had to make it look like it was a freaking, you know, uh, riot. It was all, yeah, we knew it was all about optics. When when the barricades were open and people went up the hill, we knew exactly what was going on at that point. That's why we stayed down on the sidewalk and we looked at each other, shook our heads. Oh, nope, not not falling for that. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, it was uh... Not so, falling for the banana the tailpipe. We'll be revisiting uh, this in our coming issue this week, and, and it will include um, some some details. I mean, the whole Ashley Babbitt thing. I mean, the only person that was killed was was you know a protester. You know, it wasn't any of the Capitol Police. Yeah, um, and your website your website needs to be seen by everyone around this country. Period. I appreciate that. Yeah, we he's do been this. in the game for a very long time, man. And I, I've always admired and appreciated your passion, Todd. I really have, because some people just talk about it and don't really. really yeah, you know, well, I appreciate that. They talk about it, but they don't be about it. They talk the talk, they don't walk the walk, but you walk it, baby. And you have for a long time. You know, uh, and what's what's very interesting is, I what was it? What was the date of our first show, Jeffrey? Ooh, it had to have been around March 2016, I think. April or March. 
I think no, we were before that. We were before that, dude. We were we were the, the whatever when Trump was running for the first time. I'm sorry, whatever year that was when he was going against Hillary. I think we were. 20- I think that was. 14 or 2015 even somewhere in there give or take a year i think it was around the time so, when trump first ran but the point is is i'm in the quad city airport quad city uh moline airport and we had started our podcast i believe um and todd walked up to me i'd never todd i'd never met you before that that i know of mm. and said hey i i think you said something about our podcast um if i'm if i'm not mistaken but you started talking about a lot of things that I had no idea about. And I'm looking at this guy going, this dude knows his shit. Hmm. <laughs> I do remember that. You're- yeah. I introduced myself to you cause I recognized you. Yeah. And yeah. I yeah. Know, but Hey, it's yeah. I'm glad we did. Um, yeah. So anyway, uh, petition for redress, the meeting of the minds. That that's, that's what, you know, people should pay attention to. And, and, uh, um, you know, if this you, once you've exhausted all your remedies, I mean, I mean, Bob Schultz got to the point where he he was he was alleging that if if the petitions for redress of grievances go unheard and do not get their day in court and do not have an, uh, any type of you know uh, review or an adjudication, then the people's only um, peaceful next step is to withdraw resources, and that means not pay your taxes. You know, the the ultimate third rail. Oh my God, you might not pay your taxes. I mean, that and so it turns out <laughs> because Bob has had his, a lot of challenges with the IRS. He's taken the task on many, many things. I mean, it's it's a it's a deep rabbit hole, but they and I, I'm going to have to do this on the fly because this is uh, this is the old, the old third rail blog that we used to have. And um, I got to remember this case. There was a there's a there was a, a um, not a case. It's a law that was put into place in the 90s. And effectively, it said if somebody. Uh, attempts to say that they're not paying their taxes because petitioning for redress of grievances has gone unheard, then they are automatically guilty of fraud and they, they should serve 30 days in jail or something like that. It was like they, they, just, they just effectively codified that you can't bring this up. And, and it's buried in some kind of like, you know, health and human services law or something like that. Anyway, I'll find that and, and send it to well, you. Guys. Now they've now they've hired some eighty thousand plus new agents, so it's like about to be on and popping as far as auditing. I know it won't be probably billionaires, but, but yeah, yeah it's, that, um, that's that's a little spooky. Anyway, uh, thanks for all the stuff that you guys do and uh, keeping it real on your show. And uh, well, thanks for you, dude, for doing the grunt work. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people like you, but it's like a, again, everyone has a take that they'll post post on twitter or facebook and you know just they have every right to absolutely express that but you're absolutely you're doing the work man to try to address like i've told pat and i've told you todd on the conspiracy farm uh, the episode you and i and pat did with Corey on you know citizenship etc was is is one of the top three of you know that, that show was listened to millions of times and you guys were in that top two because that conversation is so very compelling you know, when you start talking about the matrix and nothing is as it seems, there's no more, yeah. you know, the root or essence of that of as it relates to our citizenship. And then like you were whatever, it's it's a deep rabbit hole, man. And like you said, we're going <laughs> to talk about that with a whole nother episode because it is a whole episode in of itself. The level of citizenship and the difference and between really federal citizens on. and state citizens. And, and, and real quickly, the summary is the 14th Amendment, when it was passed, was passed to protect recently freed slaves from having their rights violated by the states 
the several states. So if you were a freed slave in Georgia and, and you were still getting, you know, um, your rights violated, then the federal government you know, had the right to call you a U.S. citizen and protect your rights and protect your rights from being violated by the state. However, what the nuance that most people don't understand is that amendment didn't protect you from having your rights violated by the feds, by the federal government. It just said we, yeah. as a federal government, have the discretion to protect your rights from a state violating your right, but we can violate your rights all day long because you're a U.S. citizen. And when we all raise our hand dutifully to get a driver's license or get a social security number and we say we're a U.S. citizen, we've, we've conscripted ourselves and consented to being D.C. slaves, effectively. So, And that's... Yeah, no, absolutely. And that's that the impact of that decision and that that uh, delineation is so huge. It's so huge, man. It is. Todd, it is. Um, any closing statements, champ? Todd, I don't know um, anything you guys else want to discuss. I know we've been here a minute. I'm good, man. I'm good. I, I just love uh, listening to Todd. Uh, well, geez. Thanks for having me. Well, on. and I want to. For sure, man. For sure. I mean, Todd McGreevy, go check him out. It, it, shout out where we can find you, Todd, and keep up with what you got. RCReader.com. I encourage you. To, uh, I'm, I'm here at the website, and I encourage you to go to our website. And at the, uh, uh, where is it? Right here. You can subscribe to our weekly updates right there. Um, you could also, if you want to spend $48, we'll mail you a hard copy every month of our publication. Cost us $2. We pocket $2 for a uh, to uh, you know, help get the doors open. So either way, that's how you can support us: just free email subscription or a paid print subscription. Buy a friend a subscription, something like that, if you'd like. Um, and check us out on rsreader.com. I am on, you know, Twitter. I don't really tweet a lot. I use it as just a resource. I am also on noagendasocial.com. If anybody's into that, the Mastodon instance, which I'm a big fan of. Have you guys ever seen that before? I haven't. Yeah, this is uh, you know, no agenda is the, the Mastodon instance. Yeah, Mastodon is the uh, um, the open source uh, Twitter. Anybody? And you know, yeah, yeah. One thing though, um, I'm wondering if you could put up on the screen if it still exists mm-hmm. the Genesis Hospital logo with the genocide word. <laughs> I don't know where that is because I need a screenshot of that. Yeah, I, I, I'd have to find that's Michael Elliott's effort. I don't know where that is, Pat. I'll have Mike, to look. For I, it. Didn't he pull that down? I don't know what he did. I have no idea. I think he pulled it down. It was incredible, though. It's yeah. the Jeff. It's the Genesis Hospital logo, but instead of the word Genesis, it says genocide. Oh, yeah, ouch! It was good. <laughs> yeah. Third so round. anyway, that you can just you can check us out at rcreader.com and uh, you can find me on on Twitter or noagendasocial.com. Well, and I'll be anxious to follow up with you in the coming months as we follow these cases and see kind of what happens to yeah. them, i think they are pretty landmark cases and the potential impact of them are, are very huge and we definitely want to get you back on to have a, a again a part two discussion on what we just were talking about as far as citizenship you know fourth fourth article citizenship versus you know like you said state versus federal so todd happy new year my my friend so much love dude i again i can't tell you how much i appreciate what you do and it's such an honor to know you my friend happy new year to you guys we'll talk Patrick. to you So much love, brother. Stay tuned, guys. As always, there will be more.